This is a preview of a full-length OptOutcast episode. To hear the full version, become a recurring donor to the OptOut Media Foundation for as little as $5 a month. Visit originals.optout.news to sign up. As a donor, you'll get a number of exclusive benefits, including selected interviews with journalists, activists, and experts, access to our Discord chat community, and recognition of your personal contribution on our website. Not to mention several different newsletters rounding up the best of independent media. So visit originals.optout.news to help us distribute the financially independent, trustworthy news that our communities sorely need and work towards stronger democracy and social justice. Thank you so much. In your mind, you know, to, if, if we look at left media and we, we try and pick out left media that you think is, is still good and ethical and um, not throwing um, misinformation bombs everywhere, what, what is the role of left media in society? Well, I think it's supposed it should uh, cover things that are not being covered accurately or sufficiently um, and offer also ways of thinking about things. Um, there's, I think, putting things into some kind of historical context or political context is very important as, as, as much as reporting the news is. So I think somebody who knows history and politics um, is, is, I think, an important, uh, uh, these are important uh, qualifications for doing the job right. Uh, you know, I I learn a lot by reading the New York Times. I'm not going to say it's it's worthless. I know a lot of people denounce it as a as as, as an organ of lies, but you know, um, you have to read it very critically. I mean, there's a lot of nonsense. Um, there's things that are undercovered. There are things that are overdone, and uh, uh, you know, certainly you learn a lot of basic facts by by uh, reading the mainstream press. But there are a whole lot of things you're going to miss. Um, you know, for example, this. Uh, um, uh, the explosion, uh, the chemical explosion in um, Ohio. The, the Times did big stories on it today, but there's really nothing about uh, the, how the railroad strike was partly about staffing and safety. Um, and uh, uh, you know, that, that kind of context, uh, especially if it involves um, the working class, is, is usually undercovered uh, in, in, in the mainstream. And that's what a left media should do. But you know, should also get its facts straight to know what it's talking about and not just uh, sound off. Yeah, and you know, opt out. The network has plenty of you know openly progressive or, or left publications, and, and plenty of kind of, I guess, more quote neutral publications. But certainly, one of our main goals in putting together the network and, and recruiting outlets is to have those perspectives that you're not going to necessarily find at the New York Times or CNN or Politico or CVS or something, you know, get um, people who understand the needs of working class uh, Americans and, and want to express those and delve into the issues that matter to them. And um, people who want to dig a little deeper into the context, actually um, the lever, if you mentioned the uh, Palestine, Ohio train derailment um, and uh, the, the massive chemical burning that happened afterwards. I mean, the lever broke the story that uh, about 10 years ago, Norfolk Southern had lobbied, uh, basically had, had during the Obama administration had, had lobbied Washington and successfully got a safety regulation uh, shot down. And so, oh yeah, and, some kind of automatic braking yeah, system. Yeah, and that regulation, yeah. had it been in place, would have re required this train to have it, and it may have actually prevented the entire derailment. So, uh, I mean, that's a massive 
piece of context for for the present. And so, of course, I mean, the lever is very adversarial. So they're going after Pete Buttigieg, the transportation secretary for at least as of yesterday, when I was researching it, uh, he still hadn't proposed bringing that uh, that safety regulation back. That guy, man, you know, his father was a Gramsci scholar um, who subscribed to my newsletter. Oh, wow. (laughs) I I remember reading his, seeing his name in the subscription list. What a geek. Who is that? but uh, yeah, then to see um, the devolution in in, in the, the offspring, <laughs> to, I mean, he's such a third rate character. Um, uh, it's just it, it, it's sad. Well, you know, he I think he's kind of one of those people who the old guard thinks has so much potential. Like Biden loves the guy for whatever reason. And he probably appreciates that he speaks very clearly. And even though a lot of it is sort of uh, jargon, um, sort of. Uh, yeah, he speaks McKinsey. Kind of yeah, I was about to consulting speak, but, um, but yeah. he, he is eloquent at times and um, polished person. But, you know, when it comes to running a, a huge, a major organization, he has really no qualifications for, for running. Uh, he's, he's messed up big time twice now with, with the, with the strike. And then now this, and his, his lack of a response to this really. Well, well, then the airlines are also like, of course, a disaster. Yeah. That's, yeah. That's another so he's one. like um, three major transportation disasters, various sorts, uh, various degrees of severity, but uh, he's not doing a real bang up job. But, you know, I mean, and we're digressing, but um you would think someone who you know went to worked for like the most high powered consulting firm in the world and who has very good uh i guess on paper you know kind of communications pr skills and stuff did such a bad job of managing this um and i'm sure it's not all on him i mean i think a lot of it has to do probably with the administration and 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 everything overall um but i i guess like I guess uh, i'm not surprised by a lot but i would have thought he could have done a slightly better job even with his Kind of maybe corporate friendly uh, demeanor and approach to to politics. Yeah, I mean, there are things about Biden that surprised me. Um, you know, in, in the progressive direction, yes. uh, the you know the climate bill, very much short of what it should have been, but considering the you know the composition of Congress, pretty good by American standards. Uh, the infrastructure bill, same thing. The pandemic relief. Uh, he's clearly, in some senses, the most pro labor president in many decades. Um, but there is this limit. They will not go too far to challenge corporate power or you know financial power. Um, there, there are limits on what a, even a half decent progressive president can do. Um, and uh, it's it's kind of sad to think this seems to be about the best the American political system could produce at the moment. And also, if they if they did go against these corporations a bit more, I mean, they'd be more popular. They get more votes. I mean, like. They, they might even bring back some of those disaffected Sanders supporters if they really went kind of populist. Um, you know. Yeah, well, they have their limits, though. You know, they, they, they need to keep their money bags happy. Yeah, I mean, they're, they're not going to fundamentally change the system. That's That was kind of part of the whole understanding, I think, that Biden was supposed to kind of bring things back to, quote, normalcy. And the normal is a kind of a corporate-dominated system. This concludes the preview of this Opt Outcast episode. To hear the full episode and access lots more exclusive content and perks, become a recurring donor to the Opt Out Media Foundation at originals.optout.news.